Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interests podcast series. My name's Tony Stringer and I'm a Managing Director in Fitch's Global Sovereigns Group. I'm joined today by Brian Colton, our Chief Economist and the lead author of Fitch's quarterly Global Economic Outlook report, the March edition of which has just been published. Well, Brian, we find ourselves in the midst of an unprecedented global health crisis. And while the human costs clearly outweigh all other considerations at the moment, our focus today is on the impact of the coronavirus on the global economy. In historical terms, just how bad are things right now and how much worse could they get? I think the simplest illustration of this is the fact that world GDP is falling. That's pretty rare in the post-war period. I've only really seen it in the global financial crisis. We've knocked $850 billion off the level of world GDP in 2020 and our baseline forecasts, $1.4 trillion in our downside scenario. Countries that are going into a full lockdown scenario could easily see GDP decline by 3-5% to in the quarter, potentially 25% annualised. That's worse than the initial GDP shock that we saw at the beginning of the global financial crisis in 2008, although we would expect this to be a shorter-lived recession. In terms of how bad it gets, though, it really depends on the extent and the duration of the lockdown. And in terms of the duration, nobody really knows. It must be extremely difficult to come up with reliable forecasts right now. So how should we be thinking about your updated baseline forecasts in comparison with the more severe downside case you've laid out in the GEO? The forecasts were finalised on Monday, March the 16th. And at that stage, as well as China, it was only Italy and Spain that were in a full lockdown scenario. So that's what we've assumed in our baseline here. So for UK, US, Germany, we don't assume that we go into a full lockdown. But even on that basis, we've had to lower the forecast very significantly because of the China shock and because of the shock to behaviour of firms and households in response to, to the virus. So we've even made big changes just on that basis. But the downside variant here, which we had to put together because things are moving so fast, assumes that we do get a full lockdown scenario across all the major European economies and in the US. And on that basis, we're looking at GDP declining 1% to 2% in 2020. Policymakers around the world are moving rapidly to roll out liquidity, fiscal and monetary stimulus measures to try to mitigate the worst aspects of the crisis. But how effective do you think these policy actions can really be, given the nature of the shock and the supply-side constraints on consumption and demand stemming from the various lockdown situations. I think in the near term, the policy response is all about damage limitation. I think the key thing is to try and build a bridge for the private sector to the return of normality once the health crisis eases. Essentially, it's about avoiding very large multiplier impacts, which involve solvent firms going bust, big job losses that then create a lasting impact on domestic demand. That's essentially what this massive liquidity injection credit guarantee schemes, fiscal expansion is really aimed at in the near term. I think where you'll see a more traditional benefit from policy easing is once the health crisis, the immediate health crisis has subsided. And that's when I think the interest rate cuts, the broader fiscal easing should start to benefit the economy. And it's one of the reasons we do expect a V-shaped recovery from this in the second half of the year. Once the health crisis is over, you would expect not only would GDP return towards normal levels, as shops reopen, restaurants reopen, etc., but you'd expect some benefits from inventory rebuilding, some consumer durable spending reprofile from the first half of the year, and the impact of, of fiscal and monetary easing. So I think it should help that V-shaped recovery profile. China was at the epicentre on the way into the crisis, 
but there do seem to be some tentative early signs that economic activity is starting to rebound there as new infections wane. If sustained, how much will that do to kickstart a recovery across the developed world? And is there a risk that the economic damage wrought by the virus could be longer lasting? Well, China's lockdown ended at the end of February. It was about five weeks long. And what we've seen in the daily data that we're now monitoring is that the economy does seem to be coming back quite quickly towards normalisation. Maybe by the end of March, we, we will be there. So I think that is a positive and will certainly ease a lot of the supply chain issues as we go through the year and we'll see Chinese demand come back in the second half of 2020. The issue is, though, in the immediate term, you know, every, every day we're getting worse and worse indicators about how bad February was. So, so Q1, everyone's revising down their Q1 estimates, and that's going to continue to be a theme in terms of the narrative for, for a while. So even though it's coming back, China, we're going to be seeing worse and worse numbers, I think, for a while. This is definitely one of the more, one of the more positive signs. Obviously, the recovery in China is going to be a little bit delayed or potentially significantly delayed by what's happening in the rest of the world. So that is, that is definitely an, an issue. But the, we're past the worst on the China shock itself. Finally, which indicators will you be watching most closely to help determine the path of your forecasts over the coming weeks? And how frequently are you intending to communicate those views to the market in the weeks ahead? We're trying to watch everything at the moment, but there's, I guess there's three things that really matter. One is the lockdown path that countries take. Second is an assessment of the daily shock to GDP in those countries that have imposed the lockdown. That's something that we're very keen to try and get more information on so that we can gauge how severe the impact will be if and when other countries go into that similar scenario. Obviously, on the lockdown path itself... Before we published the report, France had moved very much closer to that sort of scenario. We've had California make some announcements. London as well looks to be heading that way. So this is obviously something we have to that, that, that makes going to make a huge difference to to the path that uh, the, the global economy takes. I think the third thing that, that that we're looking at is just how the market dynamics are playing into credit conditions. And there's so many different aspects of this, the equity market. But I think one of the issues in recent days has been the the surge in the dollar and the tightening of offshore dollar liquidity markets. Central banks are fighting very hard to, to, to address this, but this could be an issue that starts to affect the outlook for growth in emerging markets, for instance, if we see this sustained tightening in dollar liquidity conditions globally because of what's happening in terms of the disruption in dollar funding markets. That is a, is a very important one as well. So as a huge amount going on, we'd probably be looking at bi-weekly updates of our GEO forecast going forward. Thanks very much for those insights, Brian, and thank you for listening. You can access the March Global Economic Outlook Report, along with our other sovereign and economics research, on Fitch's website. We hope you join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.